All right, everybody, welcome to the Grab the Map podcast, where we don't just look at it, we grab the map. I'm John Crutchfield, and today we're going to jump right into a podcast where we talk about real estate. We like talking about real estate investing. We like talking about um, buying rental properties. We like talking about buying distressed properties, fixing them up, and adding value. I am excited today because I've got a great guest, and um, we are excited to talk to Tightwad Tob. Tightwad Tob? I think I said that right. It's not a lot of people, okay, that like being called a tightwad, but he calls himself a tightwad. Okay, so it's not me calling him a tightwad. Hey, tightwad, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Um, Your story is, is familiar. We have, we have a similar crossroad and intersection in Florida, uh, kind of maybe between competing colleges. So I'm going to use this as a, as a plug to say, uh, Seminole. <laughs> uh, you're making me do the gator shop here, huh? <laughs> That's right. But, uh, competing colleges, but very similar interests and, and passions about life. And so i um, excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us on the Grab the Map podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Really happy to be here and talk with your audience. So thanks. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get you talking, right? Tell us your story. Um, a lot of people listen to this podcast and know mine, so I'd, I'd love to have people here. Uh, what, what are the origins of, of Tight White Todd? Yeah, so uh, my, uh, my story, I guess, begins at the University of Florida, Florida oddly enough. Um, I was, uh, I was, you know, maybe a sophomore in college, and I was introduced to the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that really, you know, changed my thinking and, and changed um, kind of my outlook on how how I thought my life would go from that point on. In that, you know, you could use money to really help you as opposed to use it to acquire things that maybe further handcuff you to a job or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read that one, and then also read Four Hour Work Week. And, you know, just just thinking that you didn't have to spend 40 hours a week at a job just mind-blowing to me. I think that most people kind of grow up, you know, after going to school for what seems like forever when you're a kid, it just seems like that's the next step. You get the 40, 50-hour-a-week job, and that's just a natural progression. So um, reading this book about only working, you know, a couple hours a week, I was I was like, hey, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds a lot more fun than working 40 hours a week. You right. know, um, that would allow you to, to have a lot more life experiences and, and do a lot of different things. Um, so while I'm down there at the University of Florida um, studying business, and uh, at the same time, I started a couple of small businesses. So the Florida Gators, you know, they have a great football team, and every year we would <laughs> every year we would end up going to uh, to a bowl game, and um, and so I, I found a way that I could go and buy a bunch of tickets to these bowl games by using some of my friends' student IDs. And then I would turn around and sell them on eBay and things like that and generate a nice little profit. Um, and I thought that was, that was pretty cool. You know, that would give me some beer money and allow me to, to have a little fun. Um, but I wanted to do that a little bit more often. And I was looking for another opportunity, you know, what was something else I could do to generate a little bit more money. So a friend of mine and I got together and we actually started buying and selling textbooks. Um, so at the end of every semester, you know, we would target a couple of classes uh, you know, end up buying, you know, 50 to 100 textbooks and then turn around and sell them a couple of weeks later at the, the start of uh, the next semester and generate a nice little profit that way. 
Um, and I thought that was great. You know, we're doing that, you know, two or three times a year, making a little bit of money. But again, I was looking for something that, you know, maybe would, would pay me a little bit more often. So I, I got into buying and selling uh, used cell phones. Um, so, of course, so of course, you know, people in college are constantly uh, breaking and dropping their cell phones. Um, so I kind of kind of found a little market of how I could could help people. Um, you know, get, get an, a newer cell phone or replace something that they had broken. So I started that little business and, and ran that for a number of years. And, and that was a fun little, little business. Uh, but eventually I did have to graduate and did have to, you know, go get, go get that first job. And um, I ended up getting a pretty good job with a global fortune 500 company. And my parents were, were really proud of me. And, you know, it felt like I was living out the path that they had kind of projected for my life. But I necessarily didn't think that that was the, the way that I wanted my life to go at that time. I thought I was living their dream and not, not really so much my dream. Um, so I started this job and, and about eight months later, um, I get laid off. Uh, this is about the time of the Great Recession. And, you know, that really came as a, as a shock to me, you know, after all these years of schooling and, you know, thinking I was a you know, pretty smart person and that I, you know, really knew what I was doing. Uh, but that was, that was a really difficult period of my life and, um, and faced, you know, a lot of challenges, financial challenges and that kind of thing. But it also allowed me to really reflect on how I wanted my future to be and what I wanted to accomplish. And um, I settled on, or I didn't settle, I, I decided that the best course for me was going to be to strive to achieve financial freedom so that I wouldn't have to rely on a job or a company to provide a paycheck to me. Um, just knowing that this was, that I was going through this traumatic experience and one that I didn't want to have again really propelled my journey into uh, learning more about personal finance and investing and the steps that I needed to take in order to, to uh, achieve this goal of financial freedom. So um, I, I really, I really like, everything you're saying right um beyond the the school that you chose to go to <laughs> um i mean it sounds like you 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 do all this preparation to get into the workforce um we've we've got that in common right you go to college for three to four years and you're getting prepared and you're going to have this great job and then life happens right um exactly. real life happens and you've got to decide what to do so um i'm interested in hearing more about the next steps, right? You you say, I don't want to be dependent on somebody else for my livelihood anymore. Um, so what happens next? Yeah, so next, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'm somewhat of an introverted and shy person. And I, I realized that I really needed to push past that. And so um, I ended up moving to, uh, to Jacksonville and taking a job in sales because I, I just felt like I really needed to get out, outside of my comfort zone to achieve these goals that I had set for myself. Um, so I took a job in mortgage banking and over the next couple of years, you know, I looked at thousands of people's finances and kind of realized that, you know, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money in the world, uh, but they really don't have a lot to show for it. You know, often they're in huge amounts of debts and they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck, despite the fact that they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And the principles really that were outlined in the millionaire next door kind of rang true to me that, you know, the people that look like they have a lot of money 
um, you know, the ones that drive a nice car that live in a big house. A lot of those people don't really have a lot of money. They're, they're really living paycheck to paycheck and, and struggling. Um, their lifestyles have really inflated. Whereas a lot of people that live uh, a little bit more conservatively where, you know, maybe they live in a much more modest house, drive used cars and, you know, really have a plan on how to build wealth. Um, that's, that's really what I found out through this job. And so that really got me committed on my own personal finance journey in that I needed to create a budget and the budget needed to allow me to save money and to live frugally so that I could save uh, the most amount of money that I could every month. And then I could invest that money and put it to work for me to put it towards my dream of becoming financially independent. Um, so as I'm going through this process, you know, I'm starting to accumulate some money and some of my friends are getting involved in, in real estate and they're looking for some private money lenders. And since I, my background was in mortgage lending, um, I decided that I would try funding a couple of their deals. And these deals, you know, they, they paid me back with interest. So, hey, that was a pretty good, pretty good win, good way to start. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then uh, from there, that kind of sparked my interest in, hey, maybe I should try uh, owning some rental property and seeing what that's like. Um, so I started buying, buying some distressed properties that were in foreclosure and going in and fixing them up and putting a renter, renter in there and, you know, stabilizing them and then uh, repeating that process. So, um, you know, I kind of kept my expenses fixed even while I'm uh, building more of this passive income. And again, that's allowing me to build more money to have that money to invest, to again, work towards this dream of financial independence. Right. So I, I kind of hear all kinds of great chunks that we could talk about <laughs> in, in what you're saying. Um, starting with, you know, I guess you're talking about me, right? You're talking about someone who gets a job and, you know, maybe they start making good money. Um, you know, I was principal of a school and I was making six figures and it was more money than I thought I had it was, was going to make. And I was like, man, 30 years of this would be great. Like this would be fantastic. <laughs> but you know, you start getting those paychecks and then you start saying, well, I need a bigger house, right? Or I got to put a, a car on payments and they'll let you put a car on eight years of payments if you like, <laughs> right? Um, and so before you know it, that, that check that's bigger than most people's paycheck is it's the same thing is happening. It's coming in and it's going right back out and you're waiting on the next one, right? You're not really building exactly. any wealth and I can speak to that. So I I hear that. And what you d decided to do was instead of letting your lifestyle inflate and grow, like um, you decided to save some of that income and not expand so much, right? Is that what you're exactly. saying? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're right on the money. So is there, was there some kind of formula that you were using for how much you would save or um, what was your, your technique kind of for deciding how much you would live on and how much you would, would have to invest? Yeah, so I guess this is where, where your budget really comes into play because your budget is more along the lines of a money plan for how you want to use your money instead of just you know letting your money kind of use you and let it flow out the door and kind of run out of money at the end of the month and repeat the process over and over. So this is the whole point of having a budget and having a plan to use your money to accomplish the things that you want to, want to accomplish. 
So the budget really starts, of course, with your income. Um, you know, that's the, the main portion um, that people have coming in every month. And then from there, you really come up with, with your savings plan. So, um, you know, how much do you want to save a month? How much can you save a month? And what do you do with that money? What are you saving towards? What's, what's kind of your financial goal here? What's, what's the point of saving in the first place? Hopefully it's to invest in something, you know, like real estate to build the passive income. Um, and then the final part is going to be the expenses. So, of course, there's going to be some expenses that uh, are fixed that you really don't have a ton of control over. You know, things like rents and uh, and insurance payments and your utility bills and that kind of thing. But then you also have your variable expenses, which are the things that you do have a lot of control over. These are more of like the luxuries that you experience, the things that you buy that make you happy. And I think it's, it's really important to get clear on um, the, the categories and the things that you spend money on that bring you the most happiness and to start cutting out the things that don't bring you a lot of happiness. Like for me, I enjoy traveling and having new experiences. That, that's one of the, the things that makes me the happiest in life. But I don't necessarily get a lot of happiness, you know, if I go out to eat every day of the week. Um, so there's, there's finding that balance and being able to cut things out and cut things down so that you can save more money and have this, this money to invest in these, in real estate or stocks or, you know, whatever your vehicle of choice is. Right. So really thinking about, you know, all of the things that you like, the any things that you can have access to, right. But not thinking about, you know, having it all, you know, having a priority list or something where you say, I'm going to do these things because I'm happy. They make me happy. But these things that don't really make me happy, but are expenses, you're cutting those and taking that money to invest, right? Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, I heard you um, also mention that you did some private lending to kind of get um, to get in, right? Is, is your kind of entryway to real estate. Um, what went into that decision? I guess it was partly that you had done some mortgages um, in, in, in work. But was it also that your friends were talking so good about the deals they were doing? What, what made you decide to, to put your money in there? Yeah, so I'd been learning about real estate for a number of years. And I knew that that was kind of the, the direction that I wanted to go in. Um, and I just wasn't totally sure how to go about, you know, pulling the trigger <clears throat> on the first deal and, and what that would look like. Um, but I really understood the ins and ins and outs of mortgages and understand that my money was protected in the event that, you know, something didn't turn out well with these deals. So I felt comfortable putting my money into them, knowing that I had a, a secure lien, lien against the property and that odds were that, you know, I would get paid back in, at some point in time. Um, it just worked out for me that it were that the people that I lent the money to, you know, were successful and knew what they were doing. And I believed in their business plan and they had some experience. So I felt comfortable giving them the money, knowing that it was going to, going to be returned back to me. Yeah. Um, you so much there, right? Like they were people that you <laughs> knew, you liked them, you trusted them. They had experience, right? You had experience in knowing right. um, where your security was. Um, and that, that is awesome. That's an awesome segue 
um, actually have a, a group that we meet on Monday nights. And what we talked about last night was like, as you get that experience, you now have value that you can add, right, to, to um, groups of people. So I imagine that you also got experience by watching them do their deals that you were invested in. Did you realize that you kind of start started being more involved in the process then? Or was it just like, hey, y'all do the flips and make sure I get my money back? <laughs> no, they would actually give me like an outline of what they were planning to do. So, you know, they would break down the details of each house they were buying. They would kind of say, hey, here's the purchase price. Here's our closing costs. This is what we're estimated for the rehab budget and kind of break down, you know, how much the kitchen remodel was going to cost, how much it was going to cost to put in the new flooring and to paint the property. So I'd have a good idea of, of what they were would be doing and then also how much they were planning on selling it and how and how they were going to pay me back and how much they were going to make in the process as well. Um, so I could kind of go in and verify their figures by looking at their, you know, after repair values and their comps to make sure that I agreed with some of these numbers and that I wasn't just, you know, blindly handing them money, um, that I agreed with their business plan and what they were lying out to, to do. Um, but you, you did mention one thing that I agree with that, you know, as, as you're getting more involved in here, your knowledge is growing and the knowledge really is the power and the confidence in helping you to, to move forward and to push through these mental barriers that we all place on ourselves about, Ooh, I don't know, is that really going to work? Or, you know, is that possible for me? And it is, it's just usually involves a little bit more education or finding that right mentor or that right coach to help push you along because it's possible for anybody, in my opinion. It's possible for anybody. Um, but a big part of it is the circle that you surround yourself with and the mentors that you look and seek out, right? Um, a, a lot of times uh, when we start wanting to learn and we start seeking information, the teacher appears. Right. So um, I'm glad that you that you're willing to share that. Um, that said, most of our audience is we're real estate investors. We like to buy property. And you mentioned that you bought some properties and fixed them up and uh, and started building a rental portfolio. So tell us about that process. Um, what went into deciding uh, what properties you would buy and um, just that whole process of how you started to build your portfolio? Yeah, so my my whole real estate investing portion started uh, with a mentor of mine that I found, a, a local guy at one of our real estate investor association uh, clubs. And then um, he and I kind of got together and he took me under his wing, so to speak, to, to show me the ropes. And he was instrumental in helping me kind of put together a plan, uh, you know, a plan of what I wanted to accomplish in you know, the next couple of months in the next year and in the next five or 10 years. So I kind of had an outline as far as how I was going to go about building a portfolio to reach this financial independence. And he, he had a lot, has a lot of experience. He's, you know, flipped over 200 houses in, in our local market and owns a significant number of rentals. So I felt really, very comfortable with him. Um, because he was there to act as, as a mentor and as a teacher to me along the process. Mm -hmm. So um, he was also, also a wholesaler. So he sold me my first deal. Right. And 
And, um, you know, the, the comfort and the knowledge that he had, you know, just really put me at ease about the whole experience. And he helped me to, you know, calculate my returns. He was there to show me how much the repairs were going to be, you know, really a handholding thing because, you know, we're talking about money and money is very emotional. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it, I was reading something the other day that most people, you know, are, are more scared of losing money than they are of making it. And that's just, you know, that's just our, our mentality towards it. But this, this guy was there to really help me through the process and to, you know, help me through the rehab process. And then once the rehab was done, you know, he helped me find my first renter. And then when I had questions about, you know, managing tenants, you know, he was there for me as well. So I, I think that finding somebody, you know, that, that, um, that has experience and that, you know, is aligned with your thought process and, and is there for you as a resource is instrumental in, in helping you to achieve your goals. Absolutely. Our, our stories have so many <laughs> intersections. Um, very good. I, I'm thinking of a guy right now who, you know, he owns lots of properties in the market that I invest in. And he's just been, I mean, I call him right now and he picks up like a regular person and just talks to me. And, and I always leave our conversations feeling so much better than, you know, when you're in the day to day, um, always, always feel like I've got some good advice. So I'm glad you have that, that common experience. Um, but one of the things that I'm interested in is uh, the criteria that he helps you set up. I feel like a lot of people, um, including myself, got started and I got excited and just started buying stuff. And I didn't really have clear criteria for what I would buy. Um, of course, now that's totally refined and I know exactly what I buy. Um, did you start off in a similar way or um, did you have really good criteria? Did he help you set up those criteria? So I think I took kind of your, your approach in the beginning there. I was like, Ooh, I'm getting a deal. You know, I'm just, I was so excited to do it and to get the first one kind of behind me and to move on that, you know, I looked at the numbers, the numbers made sense. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I don't remember what they were, but you know, kind of, there's a lot of, um, I guess, nervous emotions behind that first deal because there's just so many unknowns in most new investors' heads, that that's that's really the purpose of finding this mentor, or this coach to help you through it. Um, but as I as I progressed, then you're exactly right. I started looking at, you know, what is my deal criteria, so to speak. What's what's going to make me pull the trigger or pass, essentially. Um, so so I really wanted to to find something, you know, that would generate a better return than the stock market. And stock market typically generates about eight percent return over the long term. And I figured if I was going to have to spend, you know, a couple hours a month potentially on this property, then, you know, I wanted to make sure I was making a healthy return well over 8% because my time was going to be involved. Um, so I ended up finding, going with criteria that uh, was about a 15% cash on cash return. But I also wanted to make sure I had about 10% equity in the property by the time that I was done uh, with the rehab and, and everything like that. Um, so that way I'd be walking into a deal with cash flow and have some downside protection in the event that the market did slip back down a little bit. So uh, that made me feel really comfortable uh, when I first got started. Right. And I, I love that you're thinking about the numbers, right? You're thinking about your return on investment. You're thinking about your equity position. 
Um, I, I know a lot of times we think about criteria in terms of the number of bedrooms and bathrooms and the price um, and down payments and all of that. But what we really should be thinking about is our return on investment, return on time, right? We think about the property management side of it um, as well, which I'm hearing you hearing you say as well. It caught my attention that you talked about spending time managing the property, um, but I'm, it sounds like you've got some um, some ways that you manage property that give you a better return on time, right? So. <laughs> Maybe um, take a few minutes and talk to us about that because that's something that I probably could learn from. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So um, I guess fast forwarding through my, my financial independence journey is, um, is I ended up becoming financially independent and my, my main goal or my main reward once I hit financial independence was to be able to, to take a year and go travel and to go have some really cool bucket list experiences with my fiance and go goof off and kind of, you know, really enjoy life for a little bit after all this hard work. Um, so along with that, I was trying to plan for how I was going to manage all these properties while we were in Europe and Asia and things like that. And, and being a tightwad, I really didn't want to spend 10% on property management every month. That just seemed like a complete waste of money. So um, I got to thinking about different ways that I could solve this property management um, problem that I was going to have from trying to, trying to manage these properties as I was bouncing around. Um, so I ended up coming up with, um, with setting up a system where um, all of my phone calls would be routed to an email box. And anytime my residents have a maintenance request, uh, it goes to this inbox. So the inbox kind of is um, the main point um, for my property management. And so all I really needed then was to find somebody who would manage my inbox. And I was able to find uh, a virtual assistant who, would, who still manages my properties today. And they go in and they just check my inbox a couple times a day. And depending on what the request is, then they have you know, a list of instructions on how they handle that. So for instance, if something comes in about uh, a plumbing backup or something like that, then they reach back out to the resident and see if they've tried, you know, to clear the drain by like a plunger or, um, you know, seeing if there's, there's something that they can do before we call out a plumber. And if, if they've tried and they can't, then, you know, her, her next step is to go ahead and call the plumber and get that scheduled and, and to get that taken care of. So it's really just having, um, really a, a miniature uh, property management company that's in-house that, you know, instead of spending thousands of dollars a month on as an expense, again, I'm, I'm trying to maximize my savings and, and the amount of money I have to invest. So um, instead of spending a couple of thousand on property management, I'm able to spend a couple of hundred. Um, so that really increases, you know, the overall returns on my portfolio and, you know, saves me a ton of money and allows me to grow a little bit faster. My eyes are just big <laughs> right now because I, I have I have a property management company with two employees. And I'm thinking, like, I hope they don't watch this. They might, <laughs> they might think that I'm plotting, but you're you were able to manage your properties from overseas. Right. Yep. Right. And you're able to, to, to also save time, right? And save your own time. This is just amazing, amazing story. So I think that partially answers my next question. 
Um, but I want to hear more about how um, real estate investing in particular, or if you want to backtrack a little bit to your, your accomplishment of financial independence, how that's benefiting your life. What does that really look like um, for how your life functions right now? Yeah, so I, I do think it is important to probably share the rest of the story and not just have a, you know, eight-year gap in here about what yeah. happened. <laughs> um, so, yes, as I'm, you know, working for uh, for this uh, national bank and, and lending and, you know, learning more about mortgages and starting to invest my money in these different vehicles, you know, naturally there's going to be problems and issues that come up. Um, you know, I think back to some properties that I, that I bought and, you know, maybe the tenant was in there a couple of months and then they skipped out and, you know, had a, a property turn and they left the property damaged or I had one house where, you know, the tenant moved in on a Friday and then they called me Saturday morning because they had flooded the house. I mean, just all sorts of fun, fun stories like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there, you know, owning property, there are definitely the challenges. It's not all, um, all, you know, we all don't have our rose colored glasses on. That's right. um, so there's some, there's some challenges along the way. And one of the, another big challenge that I faced was that um, my father died unexpectedly when I was 29 and that really had a big impact on me and really fueled my, my desire to become financially independent because it really hit home that life is short and that if you really want something, you need to pursue it and that there's going to be people that support you in your journey. And there's going to be people that don't support you in your journey, no matter what you do. So if you want something, you just have to go after it. So that's what I did is I just, I really doubled down and put my head down and, you know, um, was focused on becoming financially independent and growing my knowledge in the process and moving from single family homes into duplexes and quads and, and keeping, you know, my head down and, and growing that passive income and replacing, replacing my active income so that I could reach this point of financial independence. Um, so eventually I was able to, to get into um, investing in syndications as a limited partner um, and to, to grow my income that way and really completely remove me from any aspect of, of the investment and, and really just be there to vote on key issues. Um, so really after this, uh, after I made the, the decision to become financially independent, it took me about 11 years to reach my goal. And at that point, um, you know, I was able to quit my job, but the whole process of going into my boss and telling him that I was quitting was a really tough experience. Um, you know, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Again, I think that we're so ingrained in that, you know, you go to school to get your education, then you go to college. And then once you're out of college, you get your job and then you stay at your job for 30 years or what have you until you can finally quit. And I just, I felt like I was just doing something wrong that I was going way against the grain and that I was going to, I was going to regret this decision, you know, in, in a, couple of months. Um, but I, I decided to, that, you know, this was it. This is why I'd worked toward. And so, you know, it was time to, to throw in the towel, so to speak, and to go relax a little bit and, and go have some fun. And Todd, I can tell you a secret. Like you can always go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can go right now and apply for a job and be working next week. So, um, certainly it's something that, that you could do. Um, 
but tell me, like, like I, I hear your progress. You you go back to you're working, um, you're making good money. You're still being tight wide Todd, and you're <laughs> saving money and investing money right all along. Um, but at some point, you reach the point where you say, "I'm going to go all in because this is what I've been working for." Right? I can fully invest in real estate. Um, how does how how has that benefited your life? Right. How, or not just real estate, because I'm sure you do some other investing. Um, but how has it benefited your life since the day that you that you told your your boss, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done? Yeah. So I really operate from a, a standpoint that, you know, our most important asset is time and that we're never going to be able to get more time back. And, you know, a lot of that probably stems from from my my dad's early death. And that, you know, that, that had such an impact on me that I'm essentially doing everything that I can to protect my time because I, none of us know when it's going to be our time to go. Right. Um, so it's really been for me, t time freedom is what I was after was to be able to live life on my terms, to be able to go out and have experiences that I wouldn't get to have um, if I was tied to a job. Uh, you know, my fiance and I, spent uh, about six weeks in Spain and we walked across Northern Spain on the Camino de Santiago and so, things like that we wouldn't be able to do if, if we were tied down to a job is, is just these incredible life experiences that, that we get to have. And then it's also coming back and, and spending time with friends and family and, you know, being able to go hang out with our parents for a couple of days and not have to worry about, you know, the number of vacation days that we have and are we going to be able to see each other at Thanksgiving or Christmas or, and things like that. Um, and then as, as my fiance and I, you know, grow older and we start talking about having a family, then, you know, that's going to allow me to, to be more of a stay at home dad and be more active and, you know, help raise my little soccer player and, you know, have some, have some other, you know, life experiences that I know that my dad missed out on and, and regretted not getting to have with me. Um, so really it's just, just so many different aspects of, of freedom and not being tied down to, to a job that you don't necessarily love, uh, that maybe isn't fulfilling. Um, this is also allowing me to pursue other passions of mine and helping others to achieve the same as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're committed to, to reaching back and help others achieve what you're describing, right? You're describing time freedom. You're describing um, living your best life at an age and point of health where you can actually live your best life, right? Um, <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people need to hear stories like yours where you have accomplished the time freedom, the financial independence, um, but they also need to hear everything you said before that, right? You said from the day that you decided you were going to be financially independent, there were 11 years, right? There's 11 years of probably working harder than most people work in 30. And I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is, is something that allows you to do the things that you want to do now and will allow you to have these experiences that, that you're, you're going to have upcoming. Um, I've got a six and an eight-year-old right now. And I just, I mean, real estate is the reason that, you know, we, 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 we were, me and my wife were talking and we were like, well, how soon is it too early to go on a college tour? 
<laughs> we were just talking. She was like, well, let's just go do it. And so we just took off on a Thursday and just said, hey, look, let's go and take them to University of North Carolina at Charlotte. And let's just go walk them on a campus, right? Uh-huh. And you can just do it because you have the time freedom um, and the independence and in being able to do that. So thank you very much for sharing that story. I do want to ask you um, another question because I think that you have shown on this podcast that you have the ability to inspire people and motivate people. Um, this coaching that you mentioned, in what ways now do you provide coaching or assistance to other people that are trying to accomplish um, financial independence? So for me and, and in my journey, my budget was always really the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. And again, the budget was really, really my spending plan on what, what I was comfortable spending on and what I wasn't comfortable spending on. Um, you know, as you're tracking your expenses and your income, it's exciting to watch your income and your savings grow. And, you know, at the same time, it's also eye-opening to see how much you're maybe spending on certain categories and things that, you know, maybe you're not proud of, or maybe you're, you're like, this isn't really serving me and the purpose that I feel like I'm, or the goals that I'm after. Um, so like for me, I, I realized that I was spending a lot of money dining out and, going to bars and restaurants and that kind of thing. And I I wasn't comfortable because um, that was a a significant portion of my expenses. And of course, you know, you can always cut that back and still have those experiences, maybe just not as often. But I think also when you cut things like that back, you you appreciate them that much more when you do have those experiences. You know, if you're going out to dinner, you know, five times a week, uh, you know, it just becomes routine. It's it's nothing new. Uh, but maybe if you're going out to dinner once a week or twice a week, then then it feels like a little bit more of a reward and a little bit more of an experience for you. Um, so really, what I what I help people do is to um, really maximize their budget. So we look at ways that we can increase income, uh, whether that's you know looking at some side hustles or starting the real estate investing journey. Or maybe something as simple as talking to your boss or looking for a new job. A lot of people, you know, are, are stuck in, in the same job that they've been in for years and, and don't really understand their value in, in the job place and that they probably can provide a lot of value to another company and get a pay raise in the process. Um, and then, you know, the other portion, of course, is, is expenses, you know, really dialing in on the expenses and how can we go about and reduce those. but not feel like I'm being the spending police and not allowing you to have any fun. Um, you know, that's the whole point of life is to have fun, but to also cut down on the things that just aren't that beneficial in your life and going through that, that whole mental process in order to really grow these, the savings and that's, and what's left over. And then looking at the different options that are available um, to take your savings and to put it to work for you through you know, different investment vehicles through different um, retirement accounts and things of that nature, really to help people achieve their goals. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a firm believer that there's a lot of people in this world that, that aren't happy with their nine to five jobs, that they're not feeling fulfilled, but there's probably something in the world that they are passionate about. And I feel like it's, it's one of my goals is to help people um, become financially free 
at an earlier age and hopefully not 65 so that they can pursue these dreams and these passions that they have and, and help make the world a better place and contribute to the world with their own unique skills and abilities. Right. And, and you're doing that right now. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people that watch this or listen to this that are extremely motivated that, that can start thinking about their budget or thinking about their, their income and expenses. You've got me thinking about it. Um, is there a way that people can connect to you to get maybe a more personalized experience or are there resources online that, that we can point them to? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the best way to connect with me is on my website and that website is tightwidetodd.com. And on there, I have all sorts of uh, articles and free resources. And um, actually, we just put up a, a white paper in the last week or two about uh, the four ways that you can go about reaching financial freedom. So I would recommend that you go on there and maybe start with this white paper, and it'll help open up your eyes on the different ways that you can go about achieving financial independence. Um, and then if you, if you are looking for a little bit more help, you know, I'm certainly there to be, um, be a resource. We do offer coaching sessions, whether it's just on like an hourly basis um, or a monthly basis, or a lot of people like our quarterly um, coaching so that we can kind of help you start working towards some of those bigger goals and dreams that you have in your life. Absolutely. Tightwidetod.com. I'll put that in the comments below as well. So it's, it's awesome to, to have stories like yours. Um, it's also awesome to see you being willing to reach back to people that have not yet reached financial independence. Um, it's awesome that you're a real estate investor as well. Because I know a lot of times, you know, people invest, but they don't choose real estate. I mean, you might choose stocks or you might choose something else, right? Um, and so you, you've probably chose several of those things, but we talked about real estate today and that's what we love doing here at Grab the Map. We like rental properties. Um, and so thank you for sharing your story. Um, as we wrap up here, I just want to ask, like, if you could go back, and I know you were a serial entrepreneur from a young age, but if you could go back and tell yourself something um, now, like, let's just go back before the 11 years, right? What would you tell yourself um, to, to kind of maybe get where you are sooner or maybe you feel like you did it exactly right. You're a pretty young guy. So um, <laughs> what would you tell yourself if you could go back? Yeah, I think there's always, you know, areas that, that we all can improve in our lives. And if I could go back and, and do it over again, you know, I would have started even earlier than I did. Um, you know, there was, there was probably a period of, you know, five or six years where I didn't do anything but learn. You know, I just, I concentrated on, on my knowledge of real estate and, and of investing and budgeting and that kind of thing. And it really took me that amount of time to get comfortable with this whole process of, you know, putting a bunch of money down on a property and, and, and everything that was going to come after that. Um, so I would encourage people, you know, that you can only learn so much from a book uh, before you need to just jump out there and do it and trust that it's going to work and find yourself a good mentor or a good coach or a good friend that can really help you through the process because they are in invaluable the amount of time and money and effort that they will save you on your, your investing journey. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that advice. And if I could go back, I would do the exact same thing. So <laughs> Tight, tight, wide, Todd, man, it's been awesome having you on the Grab the Map podcast. 
Um, I think this is just one of many conversations and um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited um, about what's next. I guess I do want to ask that as we wrap up, like what's next? Where, where are you headed? Um, what are we going to be seeing from Tightwad Todd uh, in the next year or so? Yeah, so as I really was out um, traveling, I was thinking about what was next. That was a, one of those questions that was always on my mind and I was always asking myself, and it really took me kind of going within and understanding, you know, my own journey and the things that I am passionate about. And one of those things is personal finance and education. And that's really what helped me on, on my journey to kind of get where I am today. And I really want to want to give back to the world. And I think that this is the best way that I can do it is to help others along their financial journey. You know, whether that's budgeting or investing or what have you, or even encouragement. I mean, we all need encouragement every once in a while to, to know that we're, we're on the right path and that everything's going to be okay when those dark clouds, you know, kind of come, come our way. Um, but no, I, I think that, you know, my goals going forward here is to help is to grow this coaching business and to come out with some programs and material to, to help people um, to again, achieve those dreams quicker and faster so that hopefully they can move on to the areas that are of real passion and of real interest to them. Absolutely. Well, if you're interested in some of that coaching, um, tightwattod.com is a great place to start to connect um, with Todd. Um, always, you can also visit us at grabthemapllc.com. Um, where we don't just look at it, we grab the map. Todd, thanks again for joining our podcast, and uh, we'll be seeing you again soon. Thanks, John. Really glad to be here today. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.